I know it's getting late, and you're anxious to hear how this night's story ends. And though this next part do not have all the ready boys, I find it important to give you a tale of what happened in Deadwood. You see, the boys and I had successfully liberated Broken Harbor from the Crown. It were now dedicated to the Resistors' movement after we defeated Sir Rutherford's demonic form and all of his vampiric vipers. And while Rory, Telnius, and Ius were headed north to Pinton with Lady Britt, I was heading back west with Sylvie, Janessa, Cass, and, well, Stacy was a-coming too. We used our bardic inspiration to hunt down this wretched demon and save those who had been taken before they were to meet a gory end. So the night before was very hectic, but also a solid victory for the Rowdy Boys and the Resisters as Broken Harbor was attacked by a totally remade and undead version of Sir Rutherford, the Knight of the Stag's Order, who you all had met way earlier in the season, and a few other of the Viper's Knight soldiers, and you guys had defeated them in battle and had rouse the town to stand up against these weird undead creatures and join the resistors movement. There was a drunken party that ensued. And so we now come into the morning after this wild party. We'll actually go to a scene up in Kowloon's room. Stacy is actually going to come to the door. Just a reminder, she's half elf. She's got shoulder length, dirty blondish type hair and kind of knocks at the door. You hear Kowloon, the the door just squeak open, and you hear, hello, you awake? Uh, who, who's there? Oh, it's it's just me, just Stacy. Um, I believe they're all oh. waiting downstairs for us. Um, we're going to be heading out to Deadwood before the sun rises. Oh, aye. And then I, I get up, and I'm holding my blanket, like, up over my chest. So, and then I get up and say... <laughs> I wasn't expecting you here uh, so early. Let me put my things on, and I'll be down in a moment. Uh, sounds good. Uh, Janessa and Salvia are downstairs eating breakfast right now. We'll have something ready for you. Uh, uh, sounds good. Hi. And uh, she nods and, and just shuts the door. <laughs> like, when you tried covering yourself, she, like, put her hand over her eyes, like, and tried looking into the corner of the room. But, yeah, she backs away out of the room. She heads downstairs while you're getting your stuff situated called Oon. And we follow Stacy mm-hmm. down the stairs. And there is Janessa and Selvi sitting at the bar. And Lady Gwen is, she's the 
kind of tavern keep or the innkeep here. Uh, she's awake already, bright and early, before everyone else, and she's just getting things going. But she brings out a couple mugs of tea, porridge, and, and type of breakfast, warm breakfasty things to comfort you. So, Selvi, you're sitting at the bar with Janessa as Stacy comes down the stairs, and Janessa says uh, to Stacy, uh, "Is uh, is he awake?" Stacy's like. Yeah, yeah, he'll be down in a minute. And she comes and joins you too and uh, starts digging into her own bowl of porridge. And yeah, Janessa's kind of like sleepy-eyed. She partied last night, so she's not all all together, but um, she's she's making it work. <laughs> and she leans over to Selvi and she's like, are you as tight as I am? <laughs> Can Selvi be behind the bar helping Lady Gwen make tea? <laughs> Absolutely. Selvi's like really awake. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? And has been all night. <laughs> yeah, wait. Did you even uh, sleep last night? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a power napper. So, you elves. Yeah. Short rest. Um, yeah, I feel great. Uh, already already had my morning tea, but um, would you like some, Janessa? Y- you look a little a little tired. Yeah, I could please. Yeah, just something hot to wake me up. I have hot. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> she gives Janessa. Oh, it's a little too hot. Can you give it to me just like a little bit more temperate? Selby just looks at her a little bit and Kidding. like blows on it and then <laughs> hands it to her. <laughs> Thank you, Selby. <laughs> You're welcome. And she she pats her hand. Wait, this will be like top star rated uh, sound effects here. How did we afford it? <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Actual tea. And then, you know, we hear the foot stomps as Kaloon, you, you start uh, coming down the stairs to join the rest of the gang. Yeah, I come downstairs. Um, I go ahead and leave a note for the Rowdy Boys. Maybe we can just record it and send it to them for later episodes. Oh, that'll be perfect. <clears throat> Dear Rowdy Boys, tis such... Sweet, sweet sorrow to part ways at such a tremendous moment such as this. But me old lady friend needs me help, so I'm going to go off with her, try and beat down some monsters. Uh, you know how I do. I hope that um, you are well, and I hope that I will see you all soon. Just... Be safe, okay? Kowloon. XOXO. XOXO. And then I slide it under their door. Nice. Is there because like a teardrop? For some reason, the three of them are in the same room. Well, yeah, yeah there's a yeah, drop we'll say, smearing the E. <laughs> we'll say a few teardrops land on the page yes. and smear uh, Kowloon's signature. It slides under Ias and Talnius's room uh, because Rory is over in Lady Britt's room, oh, actually. Great. Ooh. Because he fucks. Oh. <laughs> and, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and Kowloon snores. Yeah. <laughs> so he has his own room. <laughs> now, we, now we have to be an explicit podcast. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. We literally mark every single one as explicit, just in case I forgot that if we had something. I thought explicit. you were gonna say you mark every single like fuck in the yeah. podcast. <laughs> like you know how rated R movies, like you can say this many fucks and then it's like PG thirteen or something. Yeah, we have to write to Apple Podcast <laughs> each time we release an episode and say we had uh, three fuck fucks. 
um, this time. Is that okay? <laughs> okay, so Kaloon, you, you make it downstairs after setting mm-hmm. your small little note uh, for the Arby's, and uh, you make it down. Yeah, and there's there's a cup of tea and some porridge waiting for you at the bar. Nice. I eat it. Nice. After you and drink it. After you guys so are you done, put the whole <laughs> cup of tea in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, Janessa's like, uh, "Hey, Kaloon, how'd you how'd you sleep?" Oh, wake up, baby. That was a very comfortable bid. Uh, I I wonder if Ias is uh, alive <laughs> after Selvi's drugs that she gave him. He was high as fuck last <laughs> night. That's true, and he only sleeps for four hours, so. He should be down here. Yeah, that's worrying. Well, no, they have a they have a very smooth finish, so <laughs> I'm sure he's getting a pleasant rest. Oh man, shall we be off then? I. Yes, I. Um, I'm. I'm. I'm done with my tea. Um, I'm ready. Yeah, that was Let's a good go. breakfast. Thank you, Lady Gwen. You're welcome. And she just gives a little wave and goes back into the kitchen to finish prepping stuff. You all walk outside the Whisper Inn through the swinging doors of the saloon out onto the front porch. Your horses are hitched there at the front, and just as you reach the horses, your small band, you see someone coming across the courtyard or the main square. They are robed with the Thessal investments, and once they approach, they bring down their cowl, and it's Abbot Josiah, the half-work who you had met yesterday, last night. Uh, he's unfolding a leather wrap, and he says, I heard you're headed into Deadwood. Uh, thought you could use some of these. And strapped into the leather wrapping are a series of six wooden stakes and a dozen vials of holy water. Noise. Ooh. Uh, thank you so much, Janessa says, and the abbot uh, bows his head and says, if you're going to make Broken Harbor safer by doing this, I figured I would just help the cause. Y'all have safe travels. Thank you. Thank you so much, abbot. This is, this is so nice. So kind of you. Did you whittle these yourself? Oh, yeah. And the first one there is, um, it's... Uh, oak and then the next one there's a bit of cherry and oh. yeah so you know some hopefully some pleasant scents uh oh. to cover the bloodshed yeah and we'll try to reuse them uh, thank you you're very welcome and i can't remember what voice i did for him so i fucking hope that's the right one <laughs> maybe he's also hung over like... <laughs> yeah he smoked his pipe last <laughs> night and he he he's, his throat's a little yeah you know crunchy yeah janessa cass Selvi, Stacy, and Kaloon, you all mount up onto your horses, and Cass gives a little nod of, you know, his wide brim hat, and Janessa looks back just to make sure everyone's ready, and yeah, you guys take off through Broken Harbor out to the Wise Oak Path, the path that will lead you most directly to Midwood. You guys are riding, and uh, the sun is slowly creeping over the horizon behind you. And the plan is to head to Midwood, then Deadwood, and eventually Kaloon and Janessa will be making their way to the Silver Orc tribe, uh, hopefully to take a fleet of orcs to meet back up with the Rowdy Boys in Penton. While you guys are riding, Janessa kind of 
comes back a little bit and just to discuss things with the group. So she's kind of yelling out, but I'm not going to yell into the mic. Uh, according to Telnius uh, and his vision, the altar was once part of Hawkcleave, but is now potentially the center of Deadwood. We'll check in at the loggers camp first and then head north from there. And uh, hopefully we can get to figuring out what exactly is happening. Hey, sounds good. Uh, how large is Deadwood? How long is it going to take to get to the center of it? Not very long. Deadwood only spans for uh, a, a few miles, thankfully. Oh, good. Mawfield, though, spans for many miles, and so it takes a few hours, but right around, you know, you guys break at some point to just eat, and you try to still go at a light trot while eating on your horses just to make up for time. But it's uh, around later afternoon, so 2 or 3 o'clock-ish, when you guys make it to the edge of Midwood. You're looking to the left and right, and you just see field, long, tall, or long, tall, uh, tall grass uh, to your left and right, leading as far as Octacraig to the north and as far as Ben Ness to the south. Of course, far much farther to the north is where the classic bloody battle between orcs and dwarves was once fought, the Battle of Mawfield that Ivan Barley Barrel once sang about and once participated in. But you guys are heading into Midwood, and just at the cusp off of Wise Oak Path, you come past these kind of strange ruins. You guys go to a light trot again rather than galloping to enter Midwood as, uh, you know, through the field you could kind of ride five abreast and a little bit more freely as you gallop through, but now you're coming down into a uh, two abreast path. To the right, there seems to be these old ruins, and um, even though it's not darkening too much, there still seems to be an odd amount of fog or mist coming out of the northern part of Midwood and just over the property of these ruins. Looks like there was once an old mansion or an old homestead that was maybe burned to the ground. You still see remnants of charred wood and where there was once a a large fireplace now crumbling. I cast mending. There's also remnants of an old stone wall and gate. The fog seems to get a little bit heavier once it's touching the property coming from the north. Stacy chimes in as the, I was going to say resident storyteller, but second (laughs) storyteller of this area, which both you and her have have, uh, traveled these. As a storyteller. As a storyteller. Look, if if anyone's going to make this situation awkward, Andrew, it's me. Right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll let you do that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm the storyteller. I'm big boy storyteller. <laughs> Stacy chimes in with a story, and she says, Ah, oh, that's, that's the old homestead. Burned down after some family drama, I believe. Someone said once that the owners were maybe part of a demonic cult, but I heard the husband was two-timing the wife, and she set the mansion on fire. There was supposed to be two kids that lived there, too. Real tragedy. Um, that sounds slightly familiar. Oh, yeah, well, it's, uh, you know, it's been around Sutland for quite some time, so. Ah, uh, like you said it was part of a, a cult? Well, y- yeah, I, I suppose that's what we're, um, that's what we're investigating, so it, maybe this property once had connections with the cults deep into West... Er, deep into the deadwood. Huh. And 
two children, you said. Did, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. did the family die? Yeah, that's what, yeah. No one uh, ever heard from any of them again after the fire, so it's assumed that they all died in said fire. Huh. There's skeletons in there, aren't there? There could be. I don't know. I don't think we have time to check it out, but thought it'd be a creepy story to tell as we were headed into Midwood. Um, well, actually, I'm, I need a break real quick. Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess if it's not, like, I do want to get down and kind of, like, look around the building. For, what are you looking for? Um. Ghosts. Yeah, anything. I, I guess, oh, in fact, I have ghosts with me. So I'm actually going to take Gylek out. I'm gonna I'm gonna call to Nox and Fedoma. Okay, yeah, they um they appeared. You can tell Janessa's like, what? I don't. She's like kind of frazzled. Like I don't think we have time for this, but okay. And uh, I mean, she, like, what schedule are we on? We didn't even know what we were gonna do this until last night. Just give me just a minute, Janessa. Uh, all right, we can take a little break. I I I'm actually kind of hungry, and she starts nibbling on some almonds. Great. Hands them over to Selvi. <laughs> yeah, Selvi eats them and stays as far away from the remains of the house as possible. Yeah, are you going to go walk around the grounds? I want to walk around, yeah, the grounds and the house. Is it a, it's a large house, you said? Yeah, it was once a large house. Okay. There's, a manor. Yeah, there was once a, a mansion that stood here. Yeah, and so kind of when I get off like by myself somewhere, like maybe into the house somewhere, I'm going to call Knox and Fedoma. From okay, Gilek. sweet. Yeah, and give me an investigation check at advantage now that you have the ghosts out with you. Cool. 19. Ooh, nice. Okay, so Knox and Fidelma come out, and... Oh, whew, that was quite some time you left us in there. But, uh, you know, we found some things to do. Oh, Play, so- PlayStation. <laughs> PlayStation was having a sale. Oh, that's that's good. I, I'm not entirely sure what a PlayStation is, but... Uh, we Knox uh, just winks at you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Is PlayStation something sexual in Can be. This world? <laughs> it's my world. Yeah, <laughs> my I mean, rules. you know, rats and deer are deer or rats, so anything no. possible. Uh, okay, what do you ask them? Oh, I, what can we help you with? So I was curious if uh, there were any lingering spirits around here. Um, I, I have a suspicion that... Uh, Especially for you, Knox, that this may have been a cult tied with orcish culture, uh, or the home of one. Hmm. Yeah, I'll I'll do my best to look for anything suspicious or try to feel anything out. Fidelma, you on it? Oh yeah, I sounds fun. And so she, uh, you see their spirits kind of like they stay around you, but you can see them kind of interacting, like lifting up a brick here or there, like. Um, you know, anyone else would be watching, and it would just be like a brick lifting here. <laughs> like, um, it would look Dang, real that's odd. super convenient. I'm gonna have to utilize them more often. And I, um, I can interact with the physical world for party tricks. So basically, yeah. they're helping you investigate, which is why you got an advantage. So with the 19, okay. Knox is actually he he says, "Well, I didn't find much, but there's some grass overgrown. What seems to be an old an old dresser cabinet, like an old." Um, uh, an old wardrobe. My incorporeal hands can't lift this one. Uh, but he can lift bri- bricks. He can lift, but not legit. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll stop it at maybe ten pounds. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> 15 pounds. Okay. Yeah. It's a whole wardrobe, <laughs> <Okay>. Jenna. 
I just these rules are a little confusing. <laughs> it was one little brick. Uh, I'm gonna need you to write this down. Uh, oh gosh. Okay, it's, so it's fifteen stones is the max that they can. Fifteen stones or fifteen pebbles. It's a callback to season one, episode oh. one, where I try to use stones as a as a measurement without ever researching what stones, stones equaled in pounds. That's yeah, like I that, made it my own. that TikTok guy that like went through all the Harry Potter books and said how like confusing the monetary system is. Oh yeah, exactly. he's like this oh, yeah. costs five gallon galleons, but this is seven. Ga- how does anyone afford me? I hope there's somebody listening <laughs> that intently to Chasm Quest trying to find those mistakes, right? those incontinuities. <laughs> so I I go over to the dresser and. And I guess it, it, so. It's laying down, and I'm I'm lifting it up. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. So I go over to the dresser and I lift it up. This thing has been decaying here for many many years. Basically, the whole front just sticks to the ground, and you pick up what would be just the back half of this wardrobe. Okay. Uh, laying there, very much mothy and torn, and barely preserved for the amount of time that it's been here out in the you know almost open weather the only reason it was preserved was because it had this little box uh this charred box over it Mm -hmm. is the remains of what seems to be like an old tattered cloak hmm uh i try to delicately pick up the cloak without tearing it or anything any further would you say the cloak has been laying here for maybe around 20 ish years uh, it looks like this has been here actually longer. Okay. Mm-hmm. This looks a little bit older, like a couple couple more decades than that. Okay, but do I recognize any symbols, or do I see any symbols or anything? Yeah. On the so cloak? give me a sleight of hand while you're picking this up, because most of it is fire um, worn or nice. fire damaged. That's a six. Ooh. So half of it does kind of just crumble into ash as you lift it up so you miss one half of the symbol but it looks like maybe there was once some silver uh, some kind of emblem sewn into this black cloak and it looks almost like a branch ish looks like a few pieces branch off of one middle piece um okay so i could probably make in like i could probably take advantage to recognize the full symbol later on then maybe yeah, maybe some studying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So and, I um, I wrap up the rest of the cloak and stick it in my sporon and uh, I guess is that the only thing around? Yeah. So Fidelma is just looking around and she's like, uh, it's just the rest of it's just like old beaten walls and burned uh, logs and and whatnot. I I'm not seeing anything else left. There there is a hole here in the ground, but it looks like it's filled with water since like an old well. Hmm. But, like, you don't need to breathe or anything, right? No. So, like, maybe... Ah, it's probably dark (laughs) down there. All right. It's really spooky, probably. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know how ghosts deal with being underwater. I don't Um, know the rules of that. You know what? (laughs) Yeah, no, I shouldn't have asked. I I apologize. It's okay. So, so I just now, I meet back up with the rest of the group. Yeah, Knox and I were right in the middle of a dungeon. Is it okay if we go back? We were on pause. Oh, I yeah, no, it's feel free. I'm glad Thank you're you. glad you're finding fun in there. <laughs> yeah, and 
And now you're like scared to know what exactly a <laughs> pausing in a dungeon means inside of the crystal gem that's on Gylic. Uh, <laughs> so, there's like a complete other dimension inside of Gylic. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you kind of make your way back to the group and Stacy's like, so did you find any ghosts? Um, no, just the ones I already knew. Um, but I oh. did, I did find this cloak, uh, and I, I pull out the cloak and just show half of the symbol and say, uh, do any of you recognize this? Make me a religion check, Selvi. Mm-hmm. 16. Stacy's like, uh, I mean, that looks pretty cultish, a cloak with some kind of emblem, but nothing's coming to mind. Might be connected, uh, but Selvi... You, you're able to piece together that based on the colors and some of the vampires that you have killed have had this like silver uh, antler emblem. Oh, it's antlers? Yeah, that's what you're connecting it to. Um, yes, uh, it does look a little familiar. I have, I have seen that before. Mm -hmm. Oh, wetter. Um... Just on some, you know, on some vampires, perhaps. Some vampires? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what does the full symbol look like? It's kind of a, it's a, what is it? Silver <laughs> antler. It's like, it's silver antlers. Um, yeah. Oh. Truly. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the symbol of, of Kanos? Janessa says. And Cass is like, I yes, it, it very much is. That's uh, very connected to what we faced uh, on the Lock Islands, and and what Auntie Tesla, his very own brooch, is a silver antler. Oh, see, I thought it was the symbol of Auntie Tesla, but that I guess that makes more sense. His antlers get around. <laughs> <laughs> they really do on the Lock Islands here in Sutland. Well, that's creepy stuff. Mm, yes, I. There's vampires here, and there were zombies there. What's next? Where? Oh, we have seen werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems as if whatever, whatever happened here might might have been connected to the cults that meet in Deadwood. But uh, we are losing daylight a little bit, so maybe we should be heading off. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to lose daylight with these people, <laughs> so let's go. <laughs> wait, wait. So you're telling? They do. They do know like the sun. Not much. No, not that I found. Ah, I knew it. I told them that, and they didn't believe me. <laughs> who? Who did you? Your your ghost friends? No, the yeah. the rowdy boys. Hey, my ghost oh. friends are real. Um, mm-hmm. they're yeah, just, mine too. <laughs> they're just playing around in a dungeon right now on a yeah PlayStation. Did you get into my stash, Colin? No, no. I, I swear. Was say it. It sounds like stuff that I see when I when I get a hold of some of those mushrooms. No. Oh yeah. Oh, I know the strain you're talking about. It's a good one. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, you know, cults. <laughs> <laughs> They're fun, but uh, yeah. Let's let's keep going. I think. Let's go. Uh, uh, all right. Fine. And then Kaloon awkwardly struggles his way back into the saddle. And <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. The group is already kind of trotting ahead of you. Once you finally get on, you guys go back to a gallop. So another couple hours goes by and right around dinner time. So not quite sundown. You all make it to the loggers camp. This is a path off of the main Wise Oak 
path, which seemed to continue on and would eventually lead up to the path that is between Midwood and Deadwood that the Rowdy Boys earlier had ridden down from the Orcish tribes to get to Anatola's cabin. This one's going to cut south a little bit to get to the loggers camp and you can tell it's a smaller trail there's it's really only the two wagon wheel marks in the ground it looks like every now and again they set boards for you know when potholes happen and and you know when flooding happens that kind of thing okay you guys make it into this camp it looks like they're uh half of them are kind of done for the day and and sitting around a fire drinking and eating dinner the other half you do hear saws going back and forth you see these kind of ginormous logs all kind of stacked up there are four long wagons half of them seem to be filled with um like full length tree length logs at this point long wagons mean that they're like six wheeled and uh and can carry the full length of of a full trunk there are like eight oxen in a pen and it looks like they're waiting until all four of these wagons are filled before they'll take them back to broken harbor back to the lumber yard and then to the mill um, you guys get to the center and a couple of folks look up from their from their meals and they recognize Stacy and one of them stands up and says, Oh, Stacy, you're back. Here to tell another tale? How about another triple shot? And Stacy's like, Oh, no, not tonight. Got some business I gotta attend to. Oh, come on then. You brought friends. Do you all tell stories? I I, I tell many stories. Oh, have you ever done a triple shot like like old Stacy here? <laughs> Probably. I don't know what that is. Triple shot. That's a like hardcore. Oh yeah, it's a fun. It's a fun. Stacy, you haven't told your other friends here. They're all storytellers. You haven't told them about triple shot. Oh fuck! And uh, they all kind of start laughing and gathering around as you guys are getting off your horses. And Stacy's oh. like, "No, no, calm down, calm down." And <laughs> the 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 one. Uh, logger like chimes back in you see she'll take three shots then tell a story and then she'll take another three shots and try to tell the exact same story with all the same details and we just keep going until stacy just passes out it's fantastic <laughs> that sounds amazing you i'd love to see that where the stories go the one that started with uh dragon slaying in the in the old old caves it it went weird places there was long swords involved and it just it got off the rails and stacy oh, starts wow. blushing a little like yeah oh that's a fun game i'd Ooh. love to hear some drunk history <laughs> uh, stacy so in front of the crowd stacy's like well i I, I don't have any stories to tell, but uh, maybe I could play a song, I guess. She starts to get out her lute. Oh, I, I love a good tune. You know, I play the bird pipes, and Janessa here plays the violin. Oh, uh, yeah, I do. It's yeah, really let me get lovely. that out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know so many of us played. I suppose I'll get out my bagpipes as well. Stacy's like, I guess we've got ourselves a little quartet here. Cass, do you sing? And he just, he's smoking on an elven weed cigarette before you guys head out. And he's just like, no, y- y'all got this. <laughs> and Colune uh, and Stacy will roll performance checks with advantage because Janessa and Selvi are helping. That is a 23. 
Nice, and it's a un, an unnatural 20 for Stacy. So the music starts up, and obviously they were already drinking and having their meal, but you see even a few of them who were finishing so, uh, sawing some of their logs, and uh, they, they kind of quit and, and kind of start tapping their feet and start making their way over to the bonfire as Stacy and Kowloon strike up a tune for the first time uh, in a very long time. Like maybe there was some merriment the night before, but... Uh, this feels like this feels like old times for Kaloon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And everyone in the party now has inspiration from the bag magical bagpipes. Yeah. Stacy's like, I feel encouraged after that performance. Good job, everyone! And and all the loggers are clapping and they're like, Stacy, yeah. And what's your name? And they're looking at Kaloon. Her name is Kaloon, the Iron Throat, the Entertainer. Hi, the iron throw. And they all kind of give up a cheer. And Janessa's like, that was kind of fun. I, I've always played solo before. It was fun to play in a band. Yeah, I play I play solo too. I usually go for a little harder music. Um, but this was nice. Yeah, you guys can, can you point me in the direction of Delvin Foreman? And oh, yeah, yeah, he's he's up in his tent. Uh, he's kind of looking over plans for tomorrow's tomorrow's haul. He just points to one of the larger tents at the end of the camp and Stacy says all right thanks um you all follow me and Cass kind of stays back with the horses to get them watered you can tell he's a little fidgety maybe a little awkward without his pal rigs they're hardly ever separated you know he's he's making do after the horses he's probably just going to clean his his guns and whatnot so you guys make your way over to this larger tent and stacy just lets herself in and inside looks like there's a larger map of midwood and there's little markings on this map as to what forestry they've cut down what sections they're going to do next and you know trying to keep it as sustainable as possible you guys see he has like a a larger mustache that kind of hangs over his lips uh and he's got a bald head and he he just kind of like looks back he's got some worn leather and some you know just some workman's pants and boots and he says uh hello there welcome what can i do for you all oh stacy hey how's it going and she's like Hey, um, actually need to ask a couple questions. And she kind of like, uh, looks to you all to kind of take the reins. Like, I've never been an adventurer. I don't know really what I'm doing. I, um, we're looking to purchase about a hundred wooden stakes with points in them (laughs) that can be loaded into just a regular bow. (laughs) Stacy just does like a slow, (laughs) like peering over to you like what oh was it not a good idea i just had the idea i thought it might go over well um uh, i don't th- i don't know if we've ever done anything like that before but um <laughs> uh that, that really what brought you all the way from broken harbor what do we come here for just information yeah oh. right yeah right yeah, yeah Janessa <laughs> nods like yeah <laughs> information <laughs> about they, no they went me up real early this morning oh, that's um, right. the al- the altar I mm. and the yeah. and, oh and the, the uh the monster that attacked mm-hmm. you all that sell uh that Stacy saw mm-hmm. big spooky and altar time um he says oh oh you came about Monster, I don't know about that, but um, some 
weird stuff's been happening here and there. Yeah, every now and then we'll have a bit of a rabble-rousing party. And, and yeah, a few of the guys will end up just not coming back to camp. I always imagine that they just make their way either back to Broken Harbor or just found their way through the wilderness. And you'd never gone and looked for them. Yeah. How many How many people have gone missing? Oh, not many. Uh, last night was the most. We had two go missing last night. There was just... Uh, there was one a couple weeks ago. Uh, Stacy was still here for that one. And we had one uh, just make his way back to Broken Harbor, I guess, uh, a couple nights ago. And then last night, we had two more. And that hasn't uh, happened before? That's just recently? Yeah, the the two of them going missing. Now, that was that was strange. Um, they mm. c- mainly because the guys now granted they had been drinking and, um, well, they had gone out, uh, just a little bit North and they came running back. Their faces were white as ghosts last night. And they, they was on about some floating red and white lights or something like that. They tried to get a few of us other ones to other loggers to go back with them. But I told them, fellas, it's, it's time to go to bed. It's time to hit the hay. You, you, we need you full on in the morning. And uh, they just wanted to keep on about these lights. And they went back out and they didn't show up this morning. And I haven't had time to send out a search party or anything. Hmm. I pull out my notebook and say, and what were these two names? Well, it was uh, it was Isaac and uh, and Warren. Yeah. And uh, are- did Isaac and Warren have any enemies in these parts? Anyone that would <laughs> wish harm upon them, you think? No, we all we all get along pretty well as long as Mister Barks uh, gets his payments to us on time. We're good. And would you say Mister Barks looks like this? And I point down at midnight. <laughs> <laughs> midnight just looks up and, uh, no, <laughs> no, not then really. Why not pray tell is he named Mister Barks? It's just an old family name. I I don't know. Excellent. I turn I turn to Stacy and I say, I've got nothing. <laughs> well, it sounds like we have quite a bit, actually. If we uh, do, you, do you know Delvin where they were, where they were pointing to, or or whereabouts they were heading back off into the darkness? And he kind of thinks to himself, I, "I guess I can take you out to that spot, and maybe you can try and track them down from there." If that's why you all came out. Look, last time I was out here, I, I think I think I saw something. Just make sure tonight you keep a good eye on everyone. Yeah, maybe have a double, the double shot instead of the triple. Stay a little clear, just a little bit. Ever clear? <laughs> no. no, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, if if you all think this is something to look into, um, I'll be happy to help. And so he starts leading you all back out. Y'all get your horses. You don't have to ride them this time because Delvin's just going to walk you up to the spot. Midnight's trotting right next to y'all, and he brings you all out to a clearing, like a small kind of patch where some of the trees are not as thick. And he says, "This is uh, this is as good as I I can point you to. I think they said something like there was a clearing up to the north where they saw these floating lights, and so uh, this is where I guess you would start your investigations if you wanted to." All right. Well, um, thank you so much for your help. Um, yeah, I just say, you know, keep the parting down a little bit tonight. Might be a good idea. Uh, it was so nice to meet you. 
pleasure's all mine, ma'am. Uh, and as for keeping the partying down, I'll do my best. But the boys, they work hard, and so they, uh, they party hard. And I understand, understand. Yeah, all right. You you all have a good night, and uh, if you need to, you you have a place to stay uh, here at the camp. You all be safe. Thank you. Uh, hey, and thank so you. Delvin kind of gives a little salute, and he heads back as you guys are kind of in the last hours of, of your daylight here. So you guys can do some uh, survival checks or investigation checks, whichever you have better stats in or whatever you so choose. Um, yeah, let's do... I want to do a survival check. Uh, four. 26. Nice. <laughs> Cass gets off his horse. He kind of ties back his, his blondish hair and, and lifts up his, his brim uh, of his hat and is looking at the ground. He's like, I think I found something up, up over here. And Selvi, just as he says that, you were kind of close to him. You look off to the left and you see what seems to be like a place where there's a mashup of different footprints and there is a broken twig or a broken branch off of a tree and there seems to be blood there on that branch gross <laughs> do you do you point out said blood i lick it no. Oh, no. <laughs> i'm a vampire <laughs> with selvi all along yeah i guess i i i tell everyone um I think I may have found, uh, I don't know, a clue, perhaps? Oh, yeah, it looks like, yeah, these footsteps here, it looks like they were walking in one direction, they tried to run another, and it looks like they were dragged over right over to where you were. And he's kind of following closely, trying to clear away some of the brush. Yeah, if anyone wants to either do a medicine check or a knowledge nature on the blood on the stick, you totally... I'm going to do a nature check ah, with a three. <laughs> oh, man, Kowloon, you really needed your, your rest tonight. Right. I got a nine medicine. Nine medicine. Janessa's going to take a look at it, and she's going to use... With a whopping 12, Selvi and Janessa are looking at it, and Janessa's like, now... I'm not an expert, but um, I'm pretty sure this is human blood, at least. It's not belonging to any other creature that I know of. It's coagulated, but it's not bone dry. So this is pretty fresh. And Cass says, as are these tracks. Good find, Selvi. Thank you. Well, uh, it looks like I've got a good good eye on these tracks maybe janessa and i should lead and we will uh maybe get back on our horses and try to follow these tracks where they're leading looks like they point us further north yes, uh, let's, let's go horses again all right <laughs> <laughs> you guys get on and it's a much slower trot as you make your way through the rest of midwood and actually you come across the path that you guys had come in on let's see janessa and Cass will continue making ooh nice they'll continue making survival checks uh, every now and again Cass will be leading and he's like god damn it I've, I've lost the tracks again and then you'll have to spend a couple of minutes and Janessa will be like oh here they are here they are you, you all make your way into Deadwood and there is a stark contrast between Midwood and Deadwood Midwood being 
alive, uh, alive and <laughs> thriving uh, forest. And in the middle. And Deadwood being very, very dead. So, yeah, there's, you know, a lot of brittle roots and the trees look like they have, they're on their last month of winter it looks like they've just been leafless and decaying for so long the the ground beneath you is not covered with grass or or fern or or what or moss it's just all a clay-like kind of um mire that you're going through so uh this is uh and cast back me up on this very similar atmosphere to the lock islands I feel like coming in here. I I do I do have to agree. And if I remember correctly, the altar I, it was it was years ago, but um, I was much younger. Uh, but if I do remember, the altar itself was made of at least had parts of it that was made of obsidian. So it could have been activated the same way that um, the monolith or the obelisk was. Activated back in the Lock Islands. I'm I'm not too certain. Hmm. Well, let's let's go see. <laughs> I I agree. The sun is beginning to set behind the Crag Mountains. It's starting to kind of cast these long shadows. I mean, even once you are in Deadwood, it already was a little bit darker. Just the amount of branches and and woods that are over you had already shadowed most of the sun. But now it's really starting to set in that you guys are on your own venturing through uh, these these seemingly blighted forests. So I will have all of you make perception checks at this point. Three. 25. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Selvi, you got to give Kaloon some like wake up tea or yeah, something. Yeah, I'll like slap your face a couple of times. <laughs> Get you yeah. alert. And why, why did you slap me? Good morning. Oh, um, good, good morning. Colin is kind of getting used to Selvi a little bit, I think. Good, good You're morning, riding man. your horse backwards. Yeah. Yeah. It's an awful sleepy looking horse, so just thought you were taking a little horse nap. Janessa's ears perk up, as do Midnight's, and Cass is even like, oh, that was unsettling. And Kaloon, you're literally just like the only one who's like, what? what? Oh, <laughs> and Selvi, you also heard. Um, oh, let's see what Stacy heard. Yeah, she, she rolled a 19. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone goes on alert and starts, you know, gripping their reins a little bit more. As you hear howls of what seems to be a wolf in the distance. Kaloon, with your perception roll, you just thought uh, Midnight was like whimpering a little bit but in reality it was cries of wolves coming up from the from farther on (laughs) yeah no that makes sense (laughs) (laughs) so you're totally unalarmed and everyone kind of looks at each other and Cass says uh just have your weapons at the ready just in case what for for the wolves Kaloon for midnight no Janessa and Midnight look at each other, and Janessa looks at you. Oh, did you not hear? There was howling in the further distance. Yeah, who... Uh, yeah, of course I heard... Everybody heard that, right? <laughs> I think four out of five of you definitely hear some some wolves <laughs> howling, and they are not Midnight. And Midnight's just like, mm-mm, not me. <laughs> I'm a good girl. I go, go. I know howl. 
<laughs> Janessa's like, man, uh, the closer we're getting, the more fresh these tracks are. And uh, it's a little bit easier to, to track because this mud in Maya is just, it, it's showing every single footstep in every drag mark. It seems like, seems like at some points they're waking up and trying to get away, but whatever this creature is, is has got a death grip on them. I don't think things are looking good for Isaac and Warren. Oh. At least they're awake. Grim as they may be, we must continue forward. Okay. All right, where's where's that damn latrine? He said go left, right? Or did he say right? No left. Left and then right? Oh my god, I'm so lost. Ugh. Okay, this this alley smells like there's a latrine. Oh. Oh. This is giving me weird vibes. I sh- I should turn around. Hey. <laughs> oh man, is this what I think it is? That's right. I'm about to take your things. All of them. Oh man. This is Kind of stereotypical of like a big medieval city alleyway. And like your voice, that's so... What you mean about me voice? What you mean stereotypical? I'm not sure what that means. I'm just a thief. Oh, okay. Um, our international listeners are not going to like this. What you mean international? Hey, give up. What's in your pockets now before I stick you one good? All right, all right. Um, jeez. Uh, uh, whenever I teleport into this world, I never really bring much anything anyway, so uh, uh, here you go. What the hell is this? It's just a piece of paper with woads on it. Yeah, yeah. It's all I brought with me. It's just, uh... It says here, Andrew Palmer was the dungeon master, or danger mom, and creator. Colin Allen played Carl and we had a special guest, Jenna Altstadt, as Cara Selvi. Don't worry, the Rowdy Boys will be returning next episode. We'd also like to thank... Alex Pegram, our sound effects extraordinaire. And Sam Anderson, our theme song composer. Hey, what is all these words? What do they mean? What are these names? They are part of some secret organization? Yeah, kind of. Do you mind if I finish it? Because you're kind of botching some of the pronunciation. Oh, is it important to you? <laughs> yeah, it's... It's real important to me. All right. There you go. But, uh, you got any coin? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give you some coin. All right, uh, thank you to Ivan Dutch as well for the use of your songs. You can find their work at ivandutch.com, I-V-A-N-D-U-C-H.com. You can also support them on Patreon, patreon.com slash ivandutch. Make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ChasmQuest. And you can also support us 
at patreon.com slash chasmquest. Uh, and go to chasmquest.com for all your wiki needs. Let us know also how much you love the show by reviewing us on Apple Podcasts, and we'll give you a shout-out on the show. Speaking of which, many thanks to, quote, Task Force, end quote, for their dazzling review uh, mentioning all the Vikings and zombies and pirates that we have on our show. That is so important to get the word out. So if you would like to be shouted out here on the show. Wait, so if I go to this Apple guy and talk about pirates and zombies, you'll give me a shout out? Yeah. That's right, dude. Um, yeah, just go into the street, find the Apple caster, and shout about how much you love pirates and Vikings and zombies. Okay, all those things are really cool. I think I want to be in on this secret organization you got going on. Oh, well, super easy. Um, just go to patreon.com slash chasmquest and you can join our rowdy crew. We're doing all sorts of fun things there, including celebrating our three-year anniversary. It's ChasmQuest's birthday, July of 2018. We released episode one of our show and have just fallen in love with making content for you all and our fans and especially our supporters on patreon so we are giving back a an exclusive merch loot gift we are sending those out soon so make sure to go to patreon.com slash chasm quest and become a patron at ten dollars or up for all those uh below ten dollars we're doing a contest Share your favorite rowdy memory, and you could be selected to win some some sweet merch. Find out more details, again, patreon.com slash chasmquest. If you want to be in on that merch loot, make sure and become a $10 or higher patron by July 18th. Oh, man. I'm going to head there now. Really? Yeah, I mean... All that sounds so exciting. Merch loot? I'm a thief. Of course I'm going to love loot. All right, man. Uh, I'll see you on that page. All right. (laughs) I'm going to go tell my friends, too. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. (laughs) What a strange thief. Seemed like a good guy, though. Oh. Finally, the latrine. It was here the whole time. The thief was hiding behind it. Silly me. Classic spot to try to steal things. All right, well, I need some privacy, so bye. Grim as they may be, we must continue forward. As you guys are coming up this last bit of going past branches and dead um dead wood wood 
just everywhere. There's just dead wood fucking everywhere. It's pretty on the nose. Yeah. yeah. As you guys are coming through the last parts of this blighted part of the forest, there is a little bit of a clearing here where it looks like some kind of path might be starting, and it looks like it leads up. You know, it was leading down to where these trees are that you're coming out of, but it looks like it's leading up to, and Kalun and Selvi, you see the opening of what seems to be a cave up there. And before you come out of the tree line, you both see what seems to be three of these feral-looking vampires that still have orcish features to them. Their right eye is glowing red and their left eye is glowing white. And they're each, they're kind of like walking and pacing back and forth in front of this cave as if to guard it. And it seems with them are three dusk wolves. These are wolves that look similar to Midnight, but they're much more scraggly and they have the red glowing eye and the white glowing eye. And not as good. And they are not good girls. Oh, dang. They are bad dogs. Uh, I slowly put my treats back in the sporum. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I make, you know, when they make those signals when they're, like, in the military? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I do that. Selby's now in the military, <laughs> yeah. and she's just it's like... like <laughs> 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 they yeah. pause in confusion. Vanessa's <laughs> like, I've been adventuring with you for a while. I don't even know what that means, but I think we should stop, guys. She just <laughs> flaps her hand. At <laughs> this means Stop. <laughs> Stacy's like, oh, those things are horrifying. What do we do? I, gu- I guess we should try. Should we try to sneak up on them? I'm pretty good at sneaking. I- Stacy's like, it's not my forte, but I can give it a shot. Um, actually, this might help. And she casts uh, invisibility on herself. <laughs> <laughs> and she just blips. Oh, yeah, I'd say that'd help. Cass says, I'll hang back here with the horses. I'll line up a good shot so that if anything gets started, I'll be able to back you up with the old long arm. And he pats his rifle. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Janessa says, let's let's maybe two of us go to the right, two to the left. Um, I'll take north to the right. All right, I guess I'll go to the left. You guys are inching closer and closer as the to the cave entrance and you guys are taking the forest surrounding this pathway that's opened up. Stacy's making her way, although she is cloaked with invisibility, she steps on a dead root and it snaps and she just goes, oh shit. Janessa's like, get, uh, I guess I gotta get down. And so Janessa just tries, she uses her action to hide really quick. And so with that, the three vampires start heading toward where Janessa and Stacy are. Unfortunately, Selvi, you were walking past. Uh, you put your hand on something to stabilize yourself, and it ended up being more rotted than you anticipated. And so, like, the whole small trunk of this tree falls over, and uh, the vampires don't notice it because they're focused on going after Janessa and Stacy. but the three dusk wolves are definitely heading your way. I stand up and start running towards uh, the wolves. As I stand up with Gylek in hand, I say, and I give Selvi a bardic inspiration. I'm going to focus on the middle one first and just, yeah, I'm going to swing Gylek at him. 
23. Nice. You definitely hit. With the big side. I have Gylic put together, so it's in the staff form. And you can hear a little cheer come from Knox and Fidelma, like, Yahoo! <laughs> Way to go. What? Why does it sound like I don't Mario, know, are they Mario and Luigi? <laughs> they got an, a Nintendo package. Now. Oh, no. <laughs> They're expanding their video wow. game. Uh, that's 11 points of damage. And that is exactly what you need to take this guy down. I send Gylic down beneath me and slice open its stomach. Ooh, yeah. And it just, and like falls to the ground. <laughs> no. And you still have a second attack, correct? <laughs> that is a nat 20. Booyah, baby. Dude, Full damage okay. on the first die and then just roll it again. 26 points oh of damage. <laughs> uh, I bring it back around and just cut the next one in half. Yeah. Uh, Janessa's going to get an arrow off. She's aiming for one of the vampires, the one to the right. And the second one hits with an unnatural 20. Two arrows, shunk, shunk. One to the chest, one to the stomach, as this thing like begins coughing up this black necrotic icor. And falls to its knees. Cass gets a shot off. He's just going to finish off the one that Janessa was focusing in on. Just as it falls to its knees and starts coughing up blood, a shot just goes through and Kowloon, there's just a splatter of <laughs> of, of vampire brains going beyond you uh, and a little bit on your left arm as they take out the one to their right and your left. Okay, alright. How close am I to them? You got right up behind them, so five okay. feet. Yeah, nice. so that happens right next to you. <laughs> and Cass is going to get another shot. That's a nat 20. Dang. And so as soon as that vampire goes down, the one in the middle like realizes there's someone behind him, A, and B, that the one to his left just went down two arrows, one one bullet, and another bullet just through the, through the temples, just right to left as it looks over <laughs> at the other vampire and just falls like a fish on the ground. Uh, flops like a fish on the ground. Not salmon style, because that's cool. <laughs> a not, so a not cool, a catfish. Yeah, yeah, no, he's looking like a fool, like a fish on the ground. Okay, so that's going to end Cass's turn, because he has to go back to reload his rifle. So, Kowloon, we go to you. Okay. Uh, there's only one vampire left and one wolf. Yeah, so I'm going to swing at the other vampire. I think I'm just going to miss, well, maybe miss with a 12. 12 is their AC, so you just hit it. Holy crap. I can roll a three and hit them. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, these boys, they're they're like just feral, crazed. They're Jeez. at this point just fodder. Uh, that's another 12 for damage. That's over half of its health, so it, it kind of like buckles a little bit, but it doesn't totally collapse. Okay, and with my second attack, I rolled a four, so I guess I hit. <laughs> you still hit. Nice. <laughs> And, oh, uh, 15 points of damage. Yeah. How do you obliterate this, I guess, the final vampire? Yeah. So my first attack swung across his leg and uh, forced him to take a knee to the ground. And then I spin Gylic around my body and use the blade again to just chop off its head. Oh, that looks so badass. I take my foot and kick off of his dead body as it's falling to the ground, then try to run back towards the wolf, just in case Sylvie might need my help, but I don't think she would. Yeah. Okay, yeah, just just getting into melee range just in case. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sweet, yeah, so uh, we then go to the vampires, who are all dead, so rip. 
vampires. <laughs> and didn't even get a chance. No, that was awesome. <laughs> y'all, uh, critical rolls and some stealth attacks. Like, y'all are working together. Uh, Freaking Black Ops style. Yeah, this is awesome. This wolf is beginning to run toward you, Selvi. You see Kaloon right up behind him. It, or it, rather. And so what would Selvi like to do? You're 20 feet away from this wolf. Just going to pull out my crossbow. 26. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah, you you definitely, you hit him and like his entire family lineage. Like, <laughs> All his little cubs? You take out Bro. his, no, it, I'm sorry, his ancestors. Oh. Bro, <laughs> you ended his career with this one. <laughs> yeah, roll that damage. Five. You hit the right eye, the red eye, with this crossbow bolt as you quickly whip it out and get this shot off straight into the eye. It looks as if it like just shakes it off and is going to still be coming for you. Okay, so it's down. To, it's like half health now? Yes. So I'm going to ice knife. 17. 17 oh, hits. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> You're looking for a 13 with the wolves. Where's my... Where's my D10? It's that one. This one? Yeah. This is zero. That's, That's the full 10. Not oh, a 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be so mean if they had an 11 spot like, and it was just like, you got zero, <laughs> dummy. <laughs> you shot yourself in the foot. Uh, describe how you take this thing out because 10 points of damage brings it down below zero. Literally, because it's ice knife. <laughs> Zero degrees. Um, so I, I hold out my hand and I form a, a blade of ice. And I just uh, flick it over um, towards the wolf. And it just gets it right in between the eyes. And it goes right up into its brain. Ooh, and paralyzes nice. him. Talk about freeze brain. Yeah, I guess. Brain freeze. <laughs> brain <Yeah>. freeze. <laughs> I used to call them ice headaches because I forgot what they were called for a long time. Yeah, talk about like, freeze brain, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even say the dumb joke, right? <laughs> talk about the freeze brain. Oh, God. I, oh, well, no, talk hey, about guys, my... talking about freeze brain. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> nice. Um, shit, this is going to take us out of battle. So, that was um, awesome. We killed them yeah. all before they had a chance to take a turn. <laughs> right. No one, none of them got a chance. Yeah. Like after you did the crossbow bolt to its right eye, it, it was still kind of like, a, like charging toward you. And yeah, you flick that ice knife. It goes down and the momentum, it's, it, its body just kind of slides for a little bit into the mud as it stops. And there's kind of a moment of silence as everyone kind of looks around. Everyone give me perception rolls. Uh, four. I got a nat 20. Oh my so 28. gosh. <laughs> Selvi is the most perceptive character <laughs> know, I've ever so played weird. with. She has, she's, I mean, usually she's high and she's not today. (laughs) (laughs) What a difference. It's don't do drugs, kids, because you'll roll high on your perception rolls. (laughs) If if there's one reason, take that one. That's literally the only reason why you wouldn't. Okay, so Selvi, you hear just a slight stirring within the caves. Not like somebody stirring a pot, but it just sounds like something was potentially watching or trying to come out and look, but then maybe skittered a little bit back. Okay, so can I, like, kind of whisper, motion everyone over? Yeah. Um, so I think I just heard, I think they were guarding something. I don't think they're alone. 
There's something in that cave. Oh, really? Is it big? I I just heard it sounded medium. Okay. <laughs> no, that's a unit of measurement we use here. It, it at least you you couldn't per, uh, 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 you couldn't get the size of it, but you did know it. It was at least light enough to sound like it was like light on its feet as it skittered away. Yeah, I mean I'm pretty perceptive. You think Selby could hear size, right? <laughs> yeah, Andrew. <laughs> Give her some echolocation here. (laughs) (laughs) Not even with only two players. Can you take a break? Can you catch a break? (laughs) Um, Janessa kind of signals over to Cass and she says, all right, um, look, I'll stay at the head of the cave. Cass is going to stay by the horses just to make sure nothing else flanks us from behind. And why don't you three go in and maybe check it out? And Stacy, you're still invisible. You're still here, right? And she's like, "Yeah, I'm still here. I didn't haven't attacked yet, so I'm still invisible." Can I um, cast Pass Without Trace now? Yes. Okay. I cast Pass Without Trace. Nice. So who, who do you cast? Are you, do you just everybody? Cast it I can on do everyone? it anyone within thirty feet. Perfect. Oh, cool. So you. Y'all have Pass Without Trace, so as long as you're in the forest, which you are, you have a plus, what is it, 10 bonus? Plus 10 bonus to dexterity checks. Oh. And you can't be tracked except by magical means. It says Dang. dexterity, but it means stealth. Stealth, yeah. It's specific to stealth. Oh, it is specific to stealth. Okay. Yep, and so, you guys can't be tracked. So I just um, want you to know, right now, that means I have a plus 20 to my stealth. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what I roll. I'm going to yeah. at least get a 21. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, <laughs> You're just like doing flips in the background and crazy things and no yeah, one's right. hearing you. Give me those stealth rolls. Add that 10 to it as you guys make your way up to the cave. Would you roll a nat 20? Close. Uh, total, <gasps> I now have a 38. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that is wild. This is like in Skyrim where... If you can, like, if you get your stealth high enough, you can crouch right in front of somebody that's attacking you, and they lose sight of you. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I love that. Well, I rolled a three, and so plus ten, and then plus your stealth. Yeah, bonus. I know, but I just like why. Um, <laughs> so it's sixteen. Okay, sixteen total. Janessa has a plus eight to stealth, so that means she has plus eighteen. So she's still got a nineteen on a nat one. Dang. Yeah, you guys are really doing well, uh, sneaking in and blending into your backgrounds with this spell, especially as you enter this cave area. It has pretty tall ceilings for a cave. It looks like it was natural, but it seems like some of it has been reinforced either with wood planks on the side or filled in with stones maybe to like fill in small cave-ins to make it a little bit more smooth. So it looks like something of intelligence perhaps once lived here. The floor you realize is a small stone path that was set into this mud and mire at some point. When you make it to more of the center of this cave, it is all stone floor. On your left, there are these kind of old, decrepit, worn down 
bunks. It looks like actually fashioned with carpentry and, and intelligence, these, these beds. They used to have hay and down, down there. There are skeletons kind of around the beds or around this area. It is a rounded portion of this cave going back about 30 feet. The bunks line the back curved wall. In the middle, it looks like there was once a fire pit. There's still stone standing in a circle and very, very old pieces of charcoal still remain. What catches your eye more is the amount of gore that is surrounding the fire pit. It looks like something had feasted on a human body, at least somewhat recently, and it it seems as if there's pieces off to the left, to the back, nearer to the fireplace. It is the exposed ribs and spine, and you can see the top portion of a almost fully eaten body, but much more new than the skeletons you're seeing around that look like they have decayed for much longer. This smells and looks fresh. And on top of just the smell of gore and blood, you also smell the sense of something rotting in this cave. Something that has been either dead for a very long time or maybe food that has gone bad for a very long time. Just a very pungent, abrasive smell. In the back right corner, you see that the cave opens up to more tunnels. You can't quite see that far back from your position just coming into this cave. But just as you go in, something very tall, something very lanky, it seems like it's on all fours and you see maybe some horns. It feels lifeless. It feels almost like a dream. But it quickly looks over and the only colors you see are red and white as it skitters back further into one of the tunnels. Is it like Scuttles' cousin? Skittles? <laughs> this thing is large-sized, <laughs> but it is like Slenderman's tall. Yeah, so and it's, it's not like a on spider. all fours. And it, as soon as you guys come in, it doesn't see you all, but it does look in your direction and begins to uh, skitter further back. Hmm. Um, so it goes out of sight away from you. Give me perception checks as you get into this room. And Stacy's kind of whispering, like, did you see that? I don't want to see it. Uh, 14. Stacy got, uh, nice, a 19. 13. And 13 from Selvi. Kaloon, you're getting the sense that on top of this being, like, a disgusting, disturbing location, this was once a place where people lived and gathered, at least normal-ish hmm. people. And you get a closer look at one of the skeletons. These ones look like maybe they fell in battle. One of the skeletons you come across is in fact wearing a very similarly decrepit, not as decayed as the one you picked up from the mansion remains, but yes, is wearing one of the similar cloaks. Like you kind of push it over a bit with your foot, not making noise, mm -hmm. and you do see a silver shimmer of thread on the back and antler fashion. Yeah, I would like to fold that up and put that in my pack as well. Oh, okay, you want to take that off. Uh, just give me a sleight of hand. You're just collecting cult symbols. Well, I, this if yeah, I'll, I'll probably throw the other one away <laughs> if this one looks better. Uh, better condition. Yeah, <laughs> twenty-four. 
yeah, yeah. You very stealthily slip the cloak off. Uh, Selvi and Stacy are watching. Like, what are what are you doing? <laughs> I'll explain later. He really likes cloaks. Oh, okay. I I hate to say it, but I think that is the creature that I saw. So, yeah, dragging bodies. And um, at that point, oh, is that Warren? Um. Uh, roll me. Does he have a name tag? He doesn't have a name tag. <laughs> roll me a survival check. Two. Twenty-three. <laughs> wow, Selvi. Ooh, nice. Actually, two makes it. <laughs> Stacy did pretty good herself. Nineteen, and she's like, she's like, yeah. There's more drag marks that go back that way, and this is only one body. There was at least four that we heard of. All right. Oh, those other. Those other ones are gone, though. <laughs> I mean, what about your your friend, her husband, right? Yeah. <laughs> I hope that they are not perished. <laughs> um, should we? What should we do? Should we draw it out, or should we just try to face it head on? Maybe we should just draw it out into this room. And um, how do you suggest we do that? Should we get the band back together? Bon, bon, <laughs> bagpipes. So, what should our band name be? Um, uh, probably. Ooh, the Goreful Four. Gorf- okay, yeah, yeah, the Goreful Four. Weird thing to name after, as we stand in this room of gore. But okay. I mean, if we're gonna be playing our instruments in the midst of that this is pretty metal person's body, like my bird pipes. So, yeah. <laughs> So what, are we are we doing this? I mean, I think so. I so why so why don't one, we one two three oh, wait. A one a two a one two wait, wait hold on hold on let's line the walls of this room in a circle Skeleton. and oh. then call it and then call it in here so that way we can flink it no matter where we are. That's a great idea. And the acoustics will be better. I, I. So I, I, I guess I'm gonna walk back towards like the, the opposite entrance to this room, like the one that we came yeah. in at. And yeah. I'm gonna get my bagpipes out, and I'm ready to start playing as soon as everybody's ready to, <laughs> ready to go. Stacy stands closer to the monster, but she's also going to have the advantage of being invisible. You don't see it, but she invisibly like takes out her loot and starts plucking. Is the loot invisible? You know, for the sake of coolness, we'll say that the the loot's like floating in the middle of, <laughs> of like of this performance. And Janessa's like, what do you guys Oh, okay. Interesting. And so she gets out her violin from behind you all and you guys start playing. So give me performance checks at advantage. Do we play spooky scary skeleton? Oh yeah, you play every spooky <laughs> scary song imaginable. And you set up I, I imagine Selvi had set up all the skeletons as like a little crowd in front. Like, yeah. No, I'm kidding, that didn't happen. <laughs> I put a string in them so I can kind of pull it and they like move back and forth. Oh, They're yeah. dan- the, these ancient cultists. They're are, clapping. Uh twenty-two. Nice. I got a nine. <laughs> All right, so the first half is a little bit clunky, but then it picks up at at the second half when the bagpipe does its solo and then the bird pipe comes back in with it and the lute's keeping a, a rhythm going. And just as Janessa's doing her violin solo, you guys see 
a claw reach around the edge of that tunnel entrance and another claw come out to the floor and it rises its head out of this tunnel entrance and what you see is not cool it's very frightening it it looks like a decayed and the smell the smell is awful but the head is a decayed stag's head so it's like tongue lolled red and white eye but it looks as if like there's just like porous uh, uh, pieces of flesh decayed and maggots kind of running through its head with these large obsidian antlers and brings its head around this corner and stares straight at you. I actually need all three of you, so Stacy and you two, to make constitution saving throws as this thing is close to you now. The smell is insanely pungent. But he is a fan. Yeah, but he's really liking the music. After you all start playing, you hear gunshots going off outside, and Janessa is firing her bow and arrow at what you assume are things approaching this cave. Thirteen. Thirteen total? Okay, thirteen's exactly what you needed. (sighs) Stacy did not save. What'd you get, Colleen? So, twenty-two. I rolled a twenty. Oh, nice. Yeah, you felt like this weird energy coming into your body from the smell, especially Selvi. Like, at first it started making you a little bit lightheaded, but Stacy, she takes six points of necrotic damage. And I want to say, as soon as I saw it coming through, I stopped playing, dropped my bagpipes behind me, and got out Guiling. And I'm going to take a bonus action and say... And I'm actually going to give that one to me. (laughs) You're like, this thing's creepy. Yeah, I might need it for my AC in a minute, so we'll see. I take out my silver arrows and I um, cast flame arrows on them to alight them with fire damage. So I'm going to get out my um, quarterstaff and stamp it into the ground. I'm going to get out my crossbow, plop it on top, kind of engage it in. Nice. And... um, going to aim towards the, the dude or lady. I don't know. That's 13. 13 total. Ooh, the first flaming arrow just barely misses as it whizzes by and clanks against the wall back behind. This time I got 23. Yes, that definitely hits. So go ahead and roll your damage. So that's 9 total. Alright, 9 points of damage will start us off. So then we will go to Stacy. She is going to shoot her short bow. Oh, man, she still just barely misses with a 14. 15 is what she was going for. Um, and so she she barely misses. Her invisibility ends. She's like, fuck. She's like really affected by the necrotic sickness around this thing. And she's going to use a bonus action and try to taunt this thing. And she's like... She's just going to say, fuck you. You fucking stink. (laughs) And this thing now has to make a charisma saving throw. That is only an 11. At the moment, it has disadvantage on a 
ability checks, attack rolls, and saving throws until the start of Stacy's next turn. Oh, cool. <laughs> she, like, taunts the hell out of this thing. She's just like, you fucking stink. Can't believe you drag bodies in here just to dismember them, you weirdo. <laughs> Bet you don't have any friends. Aww. <laughs> and she's like, she looks back to you guys like, this thing's fucking creepy. <laughs> this thing's fucking terrifying. When the, when the creepy undead murderous thing becomes the victim in the situation. Yeah. <laughs> Stacy, stop like, rolling. I don't it. have friends. <laughs> it is going to take a standing leap it can leap up to 20 feet its legs come out underneath and they bend they're weird elongated and it's just going to bend down and leap up its horns scrape the top of this cave and it lands in front of you all three of you are just lined up in front of it and it's going to take its first attack at disadvantage at selvi to the right Okay, so it slashes out with its claws. You're able to back away uh, on the back of this creature. It has a barbed tail. And so the tail kind of like whips up beside its head and whips down at Kaloon. Still at disadvantage, though, because of Stacy's taunt. Okay. So it mean. Still got a. It only got a 13 as well. Nope did not hit. It's then going to leap back, but only 10 feet. It's standing over the fire pit, and it's 10 feet away from you as if just, like, waiting. But because you're still within 30 feet of it, you do still need to make another constitution saving throw. That is a 18. You saved. So then on my turn, I'm going to say and then I'm going to give Stacy Bardic Inspiration, and then I'm going to step forward and attack. Yeah, 15 is what you're looking for. So that is a 14 for damage. Each time you slice into its body, it reveals beneath its skin rotted flesh maggots just filling the inside of this horrific feat. I'm just going to put another arrow in my crossbow. Nice. Go ahead and roll to hit. 24. 11. You hit it right close to where one of Kaloon's slices had gone through. And Kaloon, you just see this little burst of flame as this silvered arrow goes striking through. I do need you, though, Selvi, to make a constitution saving throw because you're still within 30 feet of it. That smell of decay is just overwhelming. I also have another attack. 20. Okay, yep, you saved. I rolled a 29 to hit. (laughs) Oh, did you roll a nat 20? Yeah. Oh, that's a critical hit. Oh, good, nice. Yeah, critical hit. So 19. This one strikes its face, and half of the stag's face just kind of falls, and more of that maggoty goo, like the black icor, just drips down the side of it. Half of its jaw is now missing. We then go to Stacy's turn. She's going to run back behind it to start to flank. And then she's going to cast from behind Thunder Wave. She is the one you learned this spell from. Yes. She She might have taught me everything she knows, but she didn't <laughs> teach me everything I know. <laughs> that's very true. That's a good way of putting it. That's life, huh? Yep, that is also a splinter quote, but in reverse from the Ninja Turtles when I was a kid. 
so it only takes three points of damage, but it looks really cool. Bones spread out all over the place. She gives a little smile, like, and a thumbs up to you, Colleen. I, I give her a thumbs up right back, like, good job. <laughs> nice. Next, it's going to go to the demon. So since it's surrounded, it's going to make its first attack at you, Colleen. Ooh, so it is going to hit with a 21, and this time it's with its barbed tail again. So suddenly it strikes you. It comes up from behind its left leg, like suddenly just kind of lashes you across the face. That's not good. You're going to take 10 points of piercing damage, and I need a constitution saving throw. Oof, five. You are currently poisoned. You're going to take... Uh, uh, uh. If it's poison I'm saving against, I have uh, advantage against that because of my dwarf heritage. Ha, read them and weep. That's a six. Oh, <laughs> so it still takes the poison sinks in from its barbed tail. You take eight more points of poison damage. First time I've been able to use that advantage and it failed me. Those same festering boils begin to appear where the barbed tail went in on your face. You suddenly feel the urge to throw up, but instead of throwing up puke, flies begin to fly out of your mouth. And your skin kind of, it's this patch of rotting flesh. Where's a telnius when you need one? I know, right? Yeah, so I... Uh, open my mouth to scream and I guess nothing but flies come out as I run back towards him (laughs) and I am going to cast Thunder Wave it needs to make a constitution saving throw it rolled a nat 1 oh okay so I'm going to cast it as a third level spell uh, which I realized that was my original plan (laughs) (laughs) oh well since you rolled a nat 1 it's a 19 points of damage Oh, that's fucking badass, though. Well, yeah, but it's with a one and a two. (laughs) (laughs) Still a lot of damage. This is so gross. It was already standing over that mangled corpse, Uh and it now flies back ten feet, and with the burst of Thunder Wave hitting it, now much more intense. So basically, Stacy ran behind. She was like, yeah, and then you're just like, Ah! <laughs> and it goes flying back the 10 feet. Rotting flesh literally just flies off of this creature oh. and like slaps against the wall. A little bit gets on your shoe. Uh, and some of the maggots are kind of like crawling through that rotted meat. Selvi, you're no longer within that 30 feet range, so you don't have to make a constitution saving throw. What attack would you like to do? It's on its own, and it is now uh, 40 feet away from you. I'm going to cast Moonbeam. Ooh, yeah. Very good. Suddenly, a beam of moonlight shoots down from the top of the cave that you all are in. Shoots down, lighting this thing up. Okay, so seven more points of damage taken as the moonbeam comes down, but the moonbeam can continue with that concentration. So we then move to Hmm. Stacy's turn, unless you want to do anything else, Selfie. You can see that where the rotted flesh has touched her, like her flesh too is beginning to rot in that same way as yours, Kowloon. Stacy is going to rush up. I say, no, Stacy, take your distance. Stay back. She does not 
go out on these types of adventures very often, and it is just like, I want to kill this thing. <laughs> oh, no, she rolled a four. <laughs> oh, wait, she has bardic inspiration. She does. She also has just regular inspiration. <gasps> That's right. She's going to use her inspiration. Yes, it's a 17. Nice. <laughs> and so she's going to use the 17 plus four. That's a 21 to hit. It hits. She's going to use her bardic inspiration then on her damage. And she says, no, just like you taught me. And she's going to run into battle and... That is going to be a whopping six points of damage. Okay. So I take Gylik apart and use both of my attacks at the same time and run towards this thing, jump up in the air, and stab both ends of Gylik into it. Hopefully. Yes. Do I get advantage? Yeah, it's technically still prone as well, so yes. That is a 27 with the, <laughs> yeah. with the short sword half of Gylik. Nice. And a 27 with the dagger half. Oh, nice. <laughs> I rolled the exact same, same thing. thing. So that is 21 points of damage total. Boom. And there's this kind of like radiant burst as well when the larger blade goes in. How do you take out... The demon. Nice. Yeah, exactly as I said. I jump, I jump up and fly through the air and stab both halves of Gylik right into its chest and ride it to the ground. Yes, and as you're yelling in the air, like launching yourself, you can hear Nox and Fidelma, one in each half, Fidelma and the dagger-like half, and Nox's voice coming from the larger um, spear half, and they're just like yelling right along with you, like, ah! <laughs> It's a me. It's a me. It's a me. A guy look. (laughs) Wahoo. Um, No, it's badass. And um, the blade just slice in. This thing literally crumbles into a mound of rotting corpse and decay. The smell, for some reason, though, dissipates. Oh, thank goodness. Unfortunately, though, the spots at your face, they continue to fester. Um, I can cast Lesser Restoration on both of them. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Because Stacey has it too, right? Mm-hmm. How does it look? Um, I touched both of them. <laughs> Colin's very used to that. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I touch myself and others often. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Usually for Featherfall, but hey, we'll uh, yeah. take it. That's how the spell works. What am I supposed That's to do? That's just how the spell works. <laughs> I touch you both where you deem it appropriate. You give me consent, and it, it instantaneously he closes up. Your your face boils, and I don't know, do the flies go away? Or are they still flying around? You, like Winnie the Pooh style, you still have like one flying around in your mouth, and you just kind of do a little like, <laughs> as the last one flies out. Oh, man. And we come out of battle. Nice. 